0: Hello there, lollygaggers. It's another week. and We've got a lot to talk about here. We've got week three, the NFL season. We are going to uh, talk a little baseball playoffs uh, on top as well. Uh, but first, let me bring in uh, one of my co-hosts, uh, Samantha Bunn. Samantha, how you doing? Doing
1: okay. It's been a rough baseball week. <laughs> It's tough out there in, in Dian's land, but uh, we're, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. of raises are, oh, yeah, hard on the soul.
0: They, they really are, especially when you have extra innings and doubleheader days. Um, and an
1: own show to boot. We had an own show.
0: Oh, of course. Tuesday nights. So.
1: <laughs> you, oh, you
0: can't have a pennant race without that. And see, Irby, this is not something that we have to deal with right now. The Rangers are very much well out of anything. At the moment.
2: But I do remember what these days were like. I, yes, do remember what these days are like. Definitely not the same level of what Samantha and her wonderful DNs are dealing with. But, um, personally, down the street from me, Frisco, the the Frisco Rough Riders, double-A baseball, one game, one of their playoff series. So, yes, I'm well aware that double-A playoffs is nowhere near as exciting as the real deal. But since I don't have the real deal, like you said, Bo, I'm gladly jumping on this double A bandwagon. Well, not a bandwagon. We got a lot to gain, but still, loving double A playoffs. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. All
0: right, so let's, let's get into this, uh, Samantha. We have a lot to go over uh, t- today. So um, let's start with the, with the new playoff system. Before we get into some of these tie races, uh, because this, I, I think it's important for everyone to have a, a little bit of a primer, a little bit of a recap of how things have changed. Uh, starting off, and this is important in some of these races we're about to talk about, uh, there is no more Game 163. There are now tiebreakers, very similar to the NFL. So there will not be a Game 163 anymore. They've, I guess they physically just couldn't do it because now you have three division winners. Three wild card teams. Your top two division winners have a bye. They missed the wild card round. Three plays six, four plays five. The winner, and this is this is another interesting thing here. Um, when you, in the past, you know, the, the seeding mattered about where you went next. This is very much now a bracket system, very much like the NCAA tournament. So three and six, they'll play each other. The winner, be at three or six, goes on to play one. No, two. Then four or five goes to play one. So we've got a bracket now. We don't have a game 163. Is there anything that I missed here, Samantha? I think that pretty well covers everything that's going on now.
1: Yeah, I think you got it. Um, And I'll just throw this out there. Or, you know, there's two two real pennant races that are still going, and that's the AL Central and the NL East. And in the AL Central, with reference to the elimination of Game 163, the Guardians own all the tiebreakers, so that's not going to come into play here. Uh, so the spot will go to the Guardians in the event of a tie. And in the NL East, I don't believe we've actually, I don't think it's decided yet. Um, I'm not totally sure about that Uh, Mets versus Braves, so that one We might still have tiebreakers in play In the regular season, the AL Central is over Should there be a tie there, the spot will go to the Guardians
0: You brought up the two races that we should talk about Here, so let's start with that National League East, Uh, both the the Mets and the Braves have clinched playoff spots Samantha Mets are clinging to that lead So, I guess who's it going to be?
1: Oh, well, which one are we talking about now? You want to do the NL first? Okay. Yeah, National Yeast. All right, all right. So we're starting in the NL instead of the AL. Okay. Um, it, yeah, I mean, this is tough. This is tough. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to fade the Mets at this point. They have the easiest schedule uh, to finish out the season of anybody. Uh, who remains in playoff contention. So that's something to take into account, but they've also had a rougher time. And by the way, uh, three, so three games left still to play against Atlanta. So that is not going to be over in terms of tiebreakers, should they be needed, would not be until the 2nd of October when that series concludes. So that's still out there, uh, just to wrap that up. But yeah, I mean, I have a hard time saying this won't go to the Mets. But I mean, that's mostly like a Max Scherzer, Jacob Degrom-based assumption, Um, and the fact that they have been out in front for so long. But we don't know who owns the tiebreaker. The Braves are only one game back. The easier schedule matters, but the way the Braves are playing right now, that's not necessarily how it's going to go.
0: Irby, how about you? Who do you think is going to come out of the East here? Is, Is is it the Mets? Is it the Braves? Who's
2: going to win that one? I, you know, it's funny. We 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 talked recently about this, and I was all in Braves and, and wanting them to do it, um, but no, I, 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 kind of leaning towards the Mets here, just because of the, the lead in hand that they have, um, the remaining schedule, just just too many things like that. I, I I know it's one game. Yes, yes, I'm well aware. One game is nothing, but still, it is a lead, and You've got <laughs> three with Oakland, three with Washington, and two with Miami, mixed around those three games in Atlanta. So looking pretty good. I, to to answer y'all, sorry I didn't want to interrupt you earlier, but uh, there, yes, the tiebreaker has not been decided. The Mets lead nine seven, so Atlanta pretty basically has to sweep that series to get the tiebreaker. So still possible with Atlanta. Um, but, but DeGrom and Scherzer are both scheduled to pitch in that series, so not looking great for the Braves there. So, yeah, I think we make a decision right now. I think the Mets will hold on and win this division.
0: <laughs> you know, all I can think about here is, 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 is how upset some people are going to be, and I'm one of them, when you have a tiebreaker invoked, that would have been a game 163 because we all love game 163. It's what we want every year. We're chaos goblins, right? Samantha, like we want the game 163, I guess with this new system though, they just couldn't get that in.
1: I, yeah, I'm kind of sorry to see game 163 go. I think it's kind of awesome. Um, From a selfish perspective, I will say that this year, because I am a fan of one of the teams that could potentially end up in that situation. I mean, fortunately, for the guardians with a 5 game lead and what I should mention when we when we talk about these leads here this is wednesday night that we're recording this so subject to change by the time you guys get a hold of this but um pretty comfortable lead but certainly don't want to assume anything as a Cleveland fan. I I have learned that. don't ever want to do that. But I would not personally want to be involved in game 163. Like, those are the ones you want if you don't have a dog in the fight, right? It's like exciting playoff games. Like, sure, those are great if you don't have a rooting interest. When it's your team, you just want to see a beatdown, right? Like, I don't need that stress. So this year, I am glad there is no game 163, just in case I might end up involved in one. But generally speaking, yes, as a chaos goblin and a a sort of a just – absolutely devoted fan of just, like, incredibly exciting baseball, I will miss game 163.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Irby, how about you? you going to miss 163? Uh,
2: yes and no. Uh, no is in my the, – the rooting interest I have is pretty much um, O for Joey Gallo in that. So I never seem to get a W in 163. So on that side, I guess I'm okay with it. Um, but the rooting interest, no, I will miss that because it is fun. Um, we've had some wonderful last day, hero- you know, last day games. They had head matchups, watching multiple games at once, which we will still get in, in, in with 162, knowing tiebreakers at the time. Um, it's unfortunate, like you know, that Mets Braves series would have been wonderful if that was the last one. That's not the case. Uh, we may start seeing that in the schedules going forward. Something that the NFL does really well where it's not just the tiebreaker, but it's like, yeah, well, the game matters too. And here it's going to be a head-to-head. So that will definitely add to the uh, the finality of the season, and I hope baseball realizes that. Um, and we get a last, you know, that last week, the last three series of matchups that really have major playoff implications. So, yes, 163 go, and I think we will get just as many wonderful day 162s as well. <laughs>
0: Okay, Samantha, let's talk AL Central. You've uh, you, you mentioned it here a couple times with the, with the division lead that the Guardians have. Uh, and I certainly understand not wanting to call it just from a superstitious standpoint. I think we both share the same superstitions about things like that. So I get it. I understand. Uh, but I did it. I, I have really one question about this race because it, it was the White Sox. It was supposed to be the White Sox all offseason. All spring training, it was White Sox, White Sox, White Sox, and here we are, last couple weeks of the season, the DNs are five games up. What's going on here? What happened? Is, is, is it as simple as the managers involved? Is, is, is it really
2: that easy?
1: I mean, that's the easy answer, right? I don't think that's true. I mean, I do think that Tony La Russa has cost his team wins and he's not managing right now and it's not helping them. So that would be a good argument against that. And certainly Terry Francona is one of those rare managers who isn't just a guy who you want to stay out of the way, who who generates wins, but... Mostly what I think this is about is I think a lot of people, you know, we were a lot higher on the DMs than most people. And maybe that's just because I'm a DMs fan and I talked you guys into it. But we were much higher on them than the projection systems. And then the most baseball analysts were coming into the season. But I don't know that anybody necessarily expected this, although we did think it would be the DMs and the White Sox. I think most people thought it would be the White Sox and the Twins. And we were like, nope, the Twins are going to crater. If they don't have like a 12 game lead in June, like they will never be able to keep up. And they're now eight games back. They're pretty much out of the race. So I feel pretty comfortable saying that. So we're back to DMs and White Sox. And the reason this happened is because, I mean, yeah, they're sure the DNs are better than anybody expected them to be and i think a lot of people counted them out because they thought they were too young and too inexperienced and the white Sox have had a lot of injuries and they've also lost a lot of baseball games that they should win they are a little bit poorly constructed they've had a lot of defensive issues They seem to be a team that kind of can't get right once they sort of start to melt down we've seen some tantrum-y stuff that isn't great and that i do put back to the manager because i think you can kind of get a handle on that if you're a good leader but. In the end, I mean, there's a huge component of this. This is really just about the, the deal. Like, when you listen to the players on the scene talk, they say things like, it's because we love each other so much. We never give up. We don't want to let each other down. And we've seen these, like, incredible performances from these guys who were called up from AAA to make spot starts. who end up pitching, you know, Connor Pilkington through five and two-thirds no-hitter the other day just because they needed innings out of somebody. And I think when when teams gel like that, and guys just kind of step up because they don't want to let each other down. And it's really, I mean, it's wonderful for the fans and wonderful for the players involved. But I also think that often translates into wins, especially the kind of wins that the Guardians are getting, which are these sort of late inning, they have tied their record from 1995, a team that was notorious for comfort behind <laughs> extra inning wins at 25 now, and I think it's 27, actually, at this point. Uh, Most, of course, in Major League Baseball this season. They just won't quit. They won't go away. It's driving all their divisional opponents crazy. And it's, it's a pretty good formula for ultimately winning a division. So... Right now, again, like I said, I don't want to assume anything, but for them to lose the division at this point, even if they were to drop the next two head-to-head games between the Deans and the White Sox, it would still be pretty difficult for the White Sox to come back. The Deans have an easier schedule. Heading out the back, they got six games against Kansas City to close out the season. And even without that, it's just a lot of ground to make up with so few games left.
0: Oh, I get it. Believe me, I get it. And so does Irby. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Actually, it may have been that long ago now. But, you know, we, we very much remember a three-game lead with three games to play and getting swept out of that division. So, believe me, we get it. Uh, Irby, how about, how about you? How are you feeling about this AL Central?
2: I Well, it's an enjoyment. Um, it's a and, – and, and, again – I thank Samantha for bringing us along on this wonderful ride. Um, I, I didn't appreciate Saturday night. Um, I was told this game that win would end soon. Um, I had to stay up past one o'clock in the morning. Yes, I wear. You had to stay up later, but fifteen innings. Come on, guys. But but I appreciate it, it was a good win. It's a great game.
1: Dragged him into our cult. Late night time. I should have made you come to the Zoom last night because then you would have been up until one in the morning again last night. So last night being Tuesday. I keep forgetting it's not a well, live show anymore. <laughs> I didn't want
2: to do it last night. I was afraid. I I, I, I was like, Here we go again.
1: This you, you're gonna... <laughs> and
2: it's and it and it's it's a wonderful it's funny, the next morning um my wife got on to me um and, and saying, I, I love my wife to death, she's just not a huge baseball fanatic, so she was getting on to of me of like, well, but why didn't you just go to bed? Because right. you can't stop watching. Like, it's impossible. Like, I'm finding things to do to keep myself awake while watching. It was it was great, it was wonderful. Um, I'm so thankful for that. Um, I'm also thankful for the, uh, the the twins playing their part in this, of not giving a crap, and uh, doing like always, starting off the wonderful season, and then going, cool, I mean, the the twins are like a 800 meter runner who who's running a 5K. Like great, awesome! You just ran out. Like there, there's a whole long race here to go, and so appreciate the twins playing their part. Um, but yeah, this is this is a fun this is this is a fun little run to the end. And you know we've learned everything, and it kind of goes the same thing as what I just talked about with the Braves and the Mets. The schedule favors the Mets. The Mets have that that one game lead as of right now. That doesn't mean anything. Like, you still have to get the job done. The schedule favors the Ian's here. After these after these two more games, you know, the, the White Sox, they've got six with Minnesota, and they've got three in San Diego, a San Diego team that's fighting for the playoffs. so you know, They should get in and everything. But still, you're playing playoff teams, whereas, like you mentioned, Cleveland's got their final six against the Kansas City team that's going to be playing youngsters just getting time in. You know what's actually flat-out embarrassing here is that Saturday
0: night when you guys were up till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning watching baseball, I didn't even make it through the late football games. I made it to (laughs) halftime, and then I was out cold while you guys were watching all this fun baseball stuff. That is embarrassing uh, for me, but...
1: I, if it makes you feel any better, I mean, my my husband also fell asleep, and, and he is a Dons fan, not quite as dedicated as me, but he also fell asleep in the middle of this. So he did make it a little later. He made it to the start of the game, but yeah, you know, we, we also had college football to contend with that day. That's you know, my, my husband and I are Penn State alums, so uh, that worked out okay for us. Um, you guys, Longhorns folk, um, you guys, you guys, win on Saturday. You guys won, didn't you? Yeah. Did you? Okay. Yeah, they obliterated
2: UT San Antonio. Second half game.
1: Mm -hmm. Bo Bo and and my husband were were worn out by college football. And (laughs) to call it an an early night, and Irby and I were (laughs) left holding the bag for late night baseball, as it were.
0: The stories the next morning were quite entertaining, though. Uh,
1: He was kind of mad at me for dragging him down with me. <laughs> he was like, I'm sorry, man.
2: Oh, I can understand that. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's a wonderful feeling of like, I, I, I it is seething anger, and I am so thankful that you made me go through it because of how it ended. Now, right, had it exactly. ended with a loss, then I'm going, hey, I'm not going to be on the morning call because of you. Bye.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah see, that, and that's the thing with these, right? Like, we get overly invested in these late-night games, and it's like, it's so much fun when you come out on the right end of it, but it's like 20 times more brutal when you don't and you just wake up the next day and you're like, why do I feel like I went on a bender last night? Like, oh man, I got wrecked by an extra inning baseball game that I didn't even win. <laughs> oh man, so tough. So tough. Let's not have any more of those. I'm good. I've seen enough. Like just <laughs> decisive. Regulation wins, nine innings is plenty, thanks. I love baseball, but I do not need free baseball right now. Just shut it down. So much for the
0: ghost runner cutting down on the game times, right?
1: I Yeah, it doesn't do any good when the ghost runner just comes home and then comes home again and then comes home again. <laughs> for both teams, I mean, the, the Dons had to score five runs in the eleventh inning of the game on Tuesday night, and then they gave two of them back before it even ended. I mean, how do you plate five in extra innings and then still give them back? And we're still sitting here wondering, like, oh man, are we going to have to go another round? But yeah, Ghost Runner, no. Like, how about this? Um, get the call right next time, and this game would have ended four to three in nine innings. But for an egregiously bad call at the plate.
0: Oh, that just that just drives that knife in even farther. Yeah. It's oh, Lord. Um, so um, you know, so- I, and the thing is, is like I'm hoping October is better than September because those really, that's the only two races we're talking about. And mm-hmm. the you know the, the the DNs have opened that lead up to where that's almost not quite worth talking about. So it's really just the NL East. AL wild card, the Orioles have fallen out of it, so the AO wild card that's pretty well locked in. Nationally wild card, probably pretty well locked in, I would think. I there's just no drama going down these going down the line with these pennant races. So hopefully that they're going to make up for it with a ridiculous October. Um, is Samantha? Is there anything else here with the baseball pennant chase you wanted to talk about before we get into the NFL?
1: No, no, that's it. But you're right. Yeah, we really only have one true, true tight pennant race. But I'm hoping, I I think this postseason is going to be really fun, really exciting. I am 100% in favor of letting more teams in. I think it's great that more teams will have the opportunity to get in the mix. We've seen it plenty of times. All you got to do is get in. You get hot at the right time. Doesn't matter what seed you are. Doesn't matter if you're a wild card. Like, you got as good a shot as anybody. So I I love it. I I hope you see some fantastically exciting postseason baseball, unless my team is involved, which I want it to be boring, decisive (laughs) wins.
0: I do think uh, I'm going to be paying really close attention to that first round because obviously we haven't seen this before. We haven't seen a wild card round that's more than a game. So I'm curious how these team how it affects teams like the the, the the team that advances how it affects their pitching staff how it affects how they line up against the next team they play uh, things like that I'm looking forward to Irby anything you want to add here before we get into the NFL?
2: I no, well just the last thing I'll say is is I uh, with you guys the one thing I would say is just keep an eye on that NL wildcard that you were mentioning Bo uh, the Phillies are on a five game losing streak and playing Toronto this evening. And the Brewers already Uh beat the Mets today. So it is down to two games. Uh, And it is a favorable schedule for Milwaukee. I still believe, and I believe y'all are the same, that Philadelphia will prevail um, in that series. But uh, they've got four games. They mentioned earlier with the Braves left. So it's not as easy. Philly was in great shape. Five-game losing (laughs) streaks really do make it a little bit more difficult to move on. (laughs) So it's getting close again. (laughs) I mean, just do what you did
0: last time. Fire the manager and go on a 12-game winning streak. Worked last time. Why not do it again?
1: That's the first team to fire multiple managers of the same season to ignite a winning streak. Hey, I w- if it would work, you do it, right?
2: Don't mess with the winning streak. Don't do it. Are you, are you that much of a believer in the superstition that you do that in the playoffs? Going, hey, man, look, I'm sorry. You will get a ring, but for us to win this thing, I got to let you go right now.
1: I mean, do you have any idea The terrible things that I would be Willing to do like way worse Than firing a manager <laughs> To get playoff wins <laughs> For my <laughs> beloved baseball team Like I wouldn't fire a manager I'd fire Everybody I'm the person who said I would give up My draft picks forever To get a world series and I wouldn't care If my team stung for the rest of my life In exchange for one world series So sure I'll fire seven managers If I need to <laughs>
0: All right, week three of the NFL season is on tap. Let's talk about a few of these games here, Samantha, that we're going to see um, over the course of football, Mardi Gras, also known as Thursday to Monday football. Uh, Chiefs are in Indianapolis to face the Colts. and I really just, I want to start with the Colts uh, because I want to know what the problem is with these Colts because it's. We talked about it going into the season. It's been a team without a quarterback for so long. They finally go out and they get Matt Ryan, who at the time seemed to be the quarterback without a team, and now they're together and it's supposed to it's supposed to be a lot better than this. What's going on with this offense?
1: Well, I mean, I think there's there's a part of me that says like, look, they the Colts have this weird like Jacksonville bugaboo, so if they straighten it out from here on out. None of us are even going to remember this. We're just going to laugh about the whole weird thing where the Colts can't beat the Jaguars uh, because they've lost like eight in a row to them, I think, um, and then you throw up a tie with Houston as well. But, but I'm worried. I mean, especially as somebody who who was like asked about my long shot Super Bowl pick and was like the Colts, and now they're 0 and 2, so that's awesome for me. Uh, please follow I mean, me for more betting tips. Don't do that. You just um, say long shot. But, I, true. I did say long shot. Somebody else said the Falcons um, in the same show, so I feel a little bit better about that. Um, I did not have the most like insane pick to this uh, of the group, but so far my pick is not looking too hot. But look, a lot of this is like they're... The offensive line was supposed to be a strength to this team, and they're really, really underperforming. I mean, they've just been absolutely awful. And they have a 37-year-old, not particularly mobile quarterback back there. And also... I mean, it's, look, you're down. Michael Pittman's been out with an injury. He's your number one receiver, not even a true number one receiver. So the lack of talent on offense around Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor is just not very good. And I think that has been a huge factor. And defense is underperformed as well, obviously. But if they can't figure that out, get that right and, and looking at you you know we're erby and i are huge quentin nelson fans huge quentin nelson fans but right now everybody on that line is part of the problem there which is you know if you'd ask me well what do you think is going to get the colts way this is not the thing that i would have highlighted and here we are
0: just put in the french fries let's, <laughs> let's try something new <laughs> the one thing we said would never happen in the regular season was French fries together on the on, on the line at the same time. Erby, <laughs> same question to you. <laughs> what's going on with Matt Ryan and the
2: Colts? I uh, they're freaking us out. Man, what what's going on? <laughs> this is crazy. I, I will say um so the good news um 2014 was the last time that the Colts won both games in the regular season against the Jaguars. Uh, so, hey, there you go. It's kind of been your trend of win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So, yeah, last year it was a painful one that kept you out of the playoffs. So, hey, you got it out of the way now. Um, so, whatever. I, the, the problem that I have is the, the good side is, yes, all right, 22, you're allowing 22 points a game, kind of where we thought this defense would be. It's the Texans and the Jaguars, not great. But they were road games. The offense, yeah, yeah. Matt Ryan, the offense. I mean, this is it's it's exactly like you said, it's not what it was supposed to be. The beautiful thing is that this is a 17-game season. There's lots of times. The even better news is <laughs> with as crappy as it's been, you're a half game out of the league. And and not wonderful in the division. You are oh one and one, you're 01 and one-on-one in the division, but your division still it's the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans who are in a quarterback debate. So, hey, great news, plenty of time. I mean, I mean, this is I, – I don't want to say you've got a few more weeks to figure this out, but you probably have a few more weeks to figure this out.
0: <laughs> you know, that, that's actually – its actually a really good point. I think like, looking at it, I think I'd rather be the Colts than the Titans right now. <laughs> Because the Titans have so many problems, so many things are going wrong, the Colts <clears throat> maybe not as much. Samantha, let's talk about the Chiefs. <clears throat> they uh, have started off their season about like you know we were used to them doing, which is starting off a little slow, and then coming back and winning the game. At some point, they're just gonna have to stop doing that. Their division is a little bit more competitive, and especially when you get into January you're facing a team that can score as quickly as the Bills can, they really need to start cleaning up how they start these games.
1: Yeah, and, and this has been how the Andy Reid-led Chiefs, the Pat Mahomes-led Chiefs have functioned for the most part, and they've been able to get away with it because they have so much talent, but they almost always, this is how it tends to go with them, especially when they're playing a more competitive team is they will start slow out of the gate and then they will creep back on you and then the good news is is you're never really out of it right like they they seem to be able to put up a tremendous amount of points in a relatively short amount of time later in the game but this is pretty common for them Um, they did have a very decisive victory obviously over Arizona and jury's still out on Arizona whether they're any good or not Um, I think most of us are pretty cold on Arizona right now (laughs) oh yeah We'll see how that goes, but I don't really think the Chiefs have been challenged yet, so it will be interesting when they start having to play the tougher parts of their schedule. Um, I'm, again, very cold on the Chargers as well, um, which I know upsets a lot of people, but guess what? I wasn't wrong. Um, so I think the Chiefs are not getting the sort of decisive wins that I would hope out of a matchup like that yet, but it's early. The Chiefs are fine. They're going to be fine. But you're right, though. You know, you get into – I don't know that you want to get in a boat race with the Bills again. Like, it might not go your way next time, not the way the Bills have been playing.
0: No, no. They can (laughs) – the Chiefs scored, what, 13 seconds in that playoff game? The Bills could probably do that in half that time, the way that offense is clicking right now. Irby, how about you? What are your thoughts here on the Chiefs and their slow
2: starts? Yeah, this is going to come down to coaching here. Um, good coaching is going to look at the game that happened Thursday and say that was not good. You weren't. Kansas City was not the better team that night. Los Angeles was the better team. Los Angeles played better. Los Angeles, unfortunately, threw a 99-yard interception return for a touchdown, and that really was the difference. I know and there are he multiple has other... broken
1: ribs in his defense. He has broken no, yeah. ribs, fractured rib cartilage or whatever. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh- <laughs>
2: I did hear today, he said he is feeling more comfortable. Like, okay, that doesn't really answer the question, are you still hurt or not? You know, they, they I'm, off, they I'm feeling better. But, yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's not 100% Justin Herbert. You needed that interception in the fourth quarter to, to make a difference. I mean, it, it's just a couple things like that I, I didn't like. I thought Los Angeles played the better game. But, hey, Kansas City, you know how you win divisions? You know how you get to this point that they've been to? You find ways to win these games and so all that negativity I want to say about not being the better team, you found a way to win the game, and, and that's that's big, and they, hey, got the job done, so I but good coaching, you're looking at this and you're going to sit back and you go, this is not a good day, how do we grow from here? Yes, it's a win, but let's not get excited Samantha, anything you want to add there before we pick this one?
1: No, yeah, I'm ready Alright,
0: who do you have? Who's winning this one? The Chiefs. The Chiefs?
1: Um, yeah, I just don't. I, I think the Colts are going to be able to straighten themselves out a little bit, but I just don't think this is the week for it. I think the Chiefs are going to continue to evolve. Irby, <laughs> how about you?
2: Yeah, same pick, uh, taking the Chiefs here. Uh, I do believe the Colts can right this ship. Um, they they do, I, I do want to put a little asterisk on what I said earlier about them. They do need to kind of figure it out pretty quick after this. October 23rd, so we are talking barely five weeks from now, they will have played five of their six divisional games. That's right. They'll play both games against the Jaguars and both games against the Titans, and they end the season with the Texans. So huge streak coming up. They really do need to put this together after this week with the Chiefs. Sometimes I think these NFL
0: schedule makers are drunk. Uh, I'm also going to take the Chiefs. And this one, I am not quite as sold on the Colts turning this around at all as you guys are, but it's certainly not going to happen this week against the Chiefs. At least I don't think so. Now, if I'm wrong, you can hit me on Twitter and let me know that I was wrong, and I will gladly wear that. All right, Bills are at the toughens. All of a sudden, Samantha, this one's this one's got a little bit more juice than it did even a week, even a couple days ago, right? You you have the Bills who are riding high. Everything's clicking for them offensively. And you got the Dolphins who just had this massive come from behind win. They're down 21 points at the half in Baltimore. Come back and win that game. And we know that the Dolphins can obviously score points. We just saw that on Sunday. They'll be able, I think, to to chip away. This Bills defense is going to be tougher than the one they, they faced on Sunday. The toughest one they faced this year. So they'll be able to get points, but can they get enough points to keep up with what the Bills are going to do offensively?
1: Yeah, the Dolphins are looking frisky, which is cool. I mean, that's fine. Um, I, I really I like what Mike McDaniel's doing. I think he's probably of the first-time type coaches. He feels like the most promising one. So far, I was very impressed by the in-game adjustments that he made, which is where we really see a lot of first-time coaches fall down on the job. And he did a great job. At a- and he came back and got the upset. And, and credit to Tua as well, um, who had a very, very bad week last week. Uh, um, yeah. In terms of pre-game pressers. Uh, but, but went out there and, and proved himself. However... As much as that was a, a nice performance for them and it, a real shot in the arm, I think, for the Dolphins, and it puts them certainly into the wild-card conversation, the Ravens are not the Bills, uh, particularly defensively speaking. Um, the Bills, obviously, bend, don't break defense, so there's going to be some scoring, but they don't give up a lot of touchdowns. And they certainly don't have, I mean, the the Ravens already, already injury issues again. I mean, we all sat here saying this can't possibly happen to them two years in a row. And it's already looking a little bit rough over there. Um, Some uh, late game strategy problems as well out of the Ravens. Mistakes that I just don't think you'll see out of the Bills. Um, The line is pretty big on this game. I think it was at five and a half or six and a half or something, which would make me a little bit nervous after the Dolphins' performance. But I actually think that the Bills um, probably can can cover that as well. I don't really think it's going to be that close. They're just giving away my pick, but, you know, oh
0: well. (laughs) I mean, I I already knew where you were going with this. (laughs) Irby, what are your thoughts here on the Dolphins coming into this game?
2: Hey, credit the Dolphins of what they've done. You know, you, you, you have the games that are in front of you, and you have to take care of what's in front of you. I, I, we're not so certain about what we're going to have from New England this year. Baltimore made sure that they lost that game, you know, things like that. But still, they got the job done. The Dolphins, you, you had to put the points on the board. It's a great comeback. Um, I love what Mike McDaniel said afterwards that he told his players before the game that I hope you guys deal with some adversity today because I want to see how we react to adversity. And then he clarified, said, I just hope next time they don't take it. So literal, um, putting yourself in that (laughs) big of a hole (laughs) and then coming back. But Hey, it does wonders in a locker room. It does wonders for a team and you know, they're riding high at home being called the underdog. I mean, you're the underdog at home against this. They are loving it. It's going to be a wonderful atmosphere. Um, sadly it's the noon game, but whatever, whatever it'll be, it'll be good. But I, to the point that Samantha made, it's, you're not playing the Patriots. You're not playing the Ravens. In years past, that's been great, but it's different. This Bills team is different. I don't like the uh, what we've seen from the running game or lack thereof running game from Miami. And I, I, like if you want to get into a shootout, Josh Allen versus Tua, I, I mean, I think that's the easiest pick right there. No offense to him, but I'm not picking you. No.
0: <laughs> no, not even, not even a little bit. Uh, Samantha, let's pivot over to that Bills defense, uh, particularly containing Tyreek Hill, because we, we, Ty, Tyreek Hill had back-to-back big plays against the Ravens. The, the, the second one tied the game, well, pinning the extra point, you know. But how are the Bills going to be able to go about containing Tyreek Hill and keeping him from just going off the way he did against Baltimore?
1: All right, so we have a little bit of experience with this because we have seen the Bills' defense in a stretch which was fairly similar to the current defense a year ago in the postseason against Tyreek Hill when he was on the Chiefs. So we know essentially what the move is there. Um, and you're talking about, like, a lot of, like, too high stuff. So theoretically, yeah, Bills, Ben don't break, too high shell. That defense was built to go against the Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill Kansas City Chiefs. So you've built a defense that is essentially meant to stop people like this, this guy specifically. He's on a different team now with a worse quarterback. And again, like no offense to Tua, but he's no Pat Mahomes, right? So You've created an entire defense, which is meant to stop this guy. Exactly. I mean, Brandon Bean is on record saying that's what they were doing a year ago, and they've only gotten better in the year since then. And now you're talking about the same receiver, but a different quarterback, a lot of other things different about that offense from the Kansas City offense as well. So I would be more confident in the Bills going up against them than just about anybody else because it is exactly what they are designed to do, only they have a little bit of an advantage because Patrick Mahomes isn't part of the equation anymore. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the trick with the Bills, right? Like, you don't give up the big play, and that's what they had to rely on, and we could go to beat Baltimore was the big play. The bills are pretty good at containing that, so feel okay about this, but it's going to be a good test. If it's going to be a good test, can the slightly tweaked Bills' defense, contain a guy who they were built to contain and didn't quite get there a year ago when he was on a different opponent.
0: Irby, same question to you. Bills, Tyreek Hill, how's that going to go?
2: A beautiful thing for what Buffalo's getting is early in the season, you're going to get the opportunity to find out. with um, so much left in this season, if it doesn't go well, you've got the time to adjust. And um, The one thing that I does caution me, and I'm not going to repeat I, I agree a lot with what Samantha was just saying. I won't repeat it. But the one thing in this particular game is just keep an eye on these injuries. Uh, mounting up for Buffalo, I, I know questionable usually means, yeah, we'll just make a game-time decision. But it's Micah Hyde, uh, Jordan Hoyer, and Dane Jackson. Very thankful Dane Jackson is okay, <laughs> and, and that was not that serious of an injury, but still, all three of those guys um, dealing with um, a foot injury. The other two are dealing with neck injuries. I that That's a big chunk of your secondary that's banged up right now, and you've got this Dolphins offense coming in. So one thing to watch there, I do believe in Buffalo. I do think that this team was built, like you said, to, to slow down offenses like these. the Dolphins are building. So... Great test for both sides, but uh, keep an eye on those injuries. All right, Samantha, anything to add there before we pick this one?
1: No, let's do it. All
0: right, who do you have?
1: Bill's all the way. <laughs> this is one I of those. A new member. I'm a new member of Bill's Mafia, by the way. <laughs> um, I got too. Um, But that's not why I'm picking them. Uh, <laughs> I don't trust the Dolphins. I don't trust Tua. Um, although, if you want to, if you want to see something fun, guys, go look at somebody did a mirror image um, of Tua, and it's amazing how much better he looks if you think he's right-handed, which shows you how much bias we have in the fact that, like, when we look at a left-handed quarterback, we're like, "That looks weird. I don't like it."
0: <laughs> I find it hard to believe anyone is going to pick um, the Dolphins in this one, but here we go, Irby. You're on the spot.
2: Uh, yeah. I, I'm not your guy. Sorry, Bill's, Bill's all the way. And, and and to clarify Samantha's point there, we are not new members of Bill's Mafia. Okay? I, I Year and a half. We're a year and a half into this. I, true. True. You're, you're right. You're
1: right. We're not – I'm a few months into my, like, lifetime devotion to Bill's Mafia. Okay, yes, like, yes. But yes you're totally. Right. In terms of, like, Bill's bandwagon – I, we're Josh Allen worshipers We have been for a long time. So yeah, we're we're not completely uh,
2: <laughs> big, hands. Big, big hands. Big hands.
0: Big
1: hands.
0: <laughs> Lifetime devotion to the, the Bills Mafia.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm also taking the Bills because I I obviously they're going to lose at some point, but I don't know who they're going to lose to. It's I don't think it's going to be the Dolphins. All right. One more before we get into our, our trade of the evening. Uh, Rams are in Arizona to play a Cardinals team. Samantha, I think you, you hit it pretty good earlier uh, in the show. Like you know, yeah, we really don't know if the if the Cardinals are good or not. Um, they they're kind of sending they're sending some mixed signals at this point. But here's the question, I think, because I, I, there's no doubt that the way that the, the this division is set up to, to go throughout this season. Like the, the Cardinals really need this game more than the Rams do. But here's my question: When it comes to the Cardinals, because last year was very much a, a a hot start to the season, and then they went ice cold. The collapse was entertaining for some of us, um, but it was still they just completely collapsed and fell out of everything. If they're going to do something like that again, how bad is that collapse going to be? Because they're not—they're not playing as as well as they did to start the season
1: last year. Well, right, and part of the problem here is that like once is a fluke, twice you start to get worried, three or more times is a pattern. And if we look at these, if we consider it as Cliff Kingsbury teams, I mean, the Cardinals did it last year; they also did it the year before. And the Cliff Kingsbury teams were doing this in college, too. So that's a pattern, right? That's enough right. evidence to suggest that this is what happened. So, look, for the record, I, I like the Cardinals. I, I want them to do well, so I'm not just, like, burying them. I, I like Cliff Kingsbury. I have some questions about his abilities, but I like them. I like Kyler. I want them to do well, so don't, don't come for me, uh, Cardinals people. I, I want them <laughs> to succeed. Um, but... Yeah, it's concerning. Um, and, and you're right. They don't look as strong out of the gate as have in years past. Um, now, the good news is, is they, they've acquitted themselves pretty well against the Rams um, over the last couple of years. So, so that's helpful. But, yeah, I mean, if you're counting on a collapse late in the season and I think that what we've seen out of things very led teams suggests to us that we should at the very least be bracing for it, if not expecting it, then – you got to jump out there and look really commanding at the beginning to have any shot at all, right? And I don't think that's what we've seen out of the Cardinals at all. I was I'm not impressed with their performance against Kansas City and all they've done well historically against the Rams, and the Rams do not look great either at all. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the it's probably a must win for the Cardinals. I don't think it's a must win for the Rams. Yeah,
0: I don't either. Irby, how about you? Where are out with the Cardinals at this point? I I don't think the
2: Cardinals are a good team right now. Um wow, what, what, what we it. saw I yeah, I sorry. <laughs> I mean <laughs> No warm up, hey, no hey, nothing, hey, just boom. No, they're not. Can they get there? Sure. Absolutely. The pieces are there. But right now, no. This this feels like it's still part of the collapse. And, you know, you, you, you got your got your tail handed to you week one. And you should have had it handed to you week two. It's just that Vegas, for some reason, felt like they needed to stop playing football and let you back into that game. And there's no other way to say it. 20 to nothing, it just lets you right back in. And so I, I no, I don't, I, and the fort, now now here's the good things. Back to what you said, what I've said a couple times, it is early in the season, plenty of time, um, you're tied to the division lead right now in one and one so there's some other good news, you know. <laughs> All four teams are one on one in the NL in the NFC West. The last thing that really does matter here is that this is not the NFC West of last year, and it's crazy how quickly is what with the teams, what we saw last year with those three at the top: Arizona, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. That was three heavy hitters, and and we talked about it um, when leading up to the season that we might see the same thing. Well, we're not. We're not seeing the same thing. You know, the the, the only thing going great right now that we've seen is, is um that Jimmy Garoppolo's at the head of the San Francisco and getting thrust into a game led them to a very decisive win last week against Seattle. But that's it. Like I, this is who knows. I mean, you've got you got Stafford two games in. He's got five picks. You have Arizona just getting their tail whipped for three, four, or, or seven, eighths of the season. Uh, they show up in the fourth quarter and get the job done, come back and win. One and one, but I, I mean, not looking great out in the NFC West. Fortunately, it's everybody not looking great. So 10 wins might be enough. I, I think it'll take more, but right now how it's looking, you may only have to get the 10. So Arizona, not great right now, but plenty of time to get there. Well, let's talk about that
0: Rams office. You just brought up, um, Stafford, uh, Let's talk about them here, Samantha, because Sean McVay came out after week one, the week one loss to the Bills. You know, and he admitted that the offense just didn't, they couldn't find their sink, they couldn't find their rhythm. Obviously, they found it last week, they put up some serious points against the Falcons, but that's also the Falcons. Is there a concern with this Rams offense
1: at this point? I think so. I, I'm concerned about the defense, too. I mean, you let the Falcons creep back on you. The Marcus Marriott. Like <laughs> <So Falcons. true. laughs> what are you doing? Oh, my gosh. I mean, oh, yeah, I have, I have some worries about them on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Super Bowl hangover is very real. Um, ask the Bengals about that. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the rough go. Obviously, the Rams not in nearly as much trouble, and they, you know, I do think the Rams will be fine. I'm not sure we can say the same for the Bengals. That is a topic for another day. But uh, yeah, I'm worried about this offense. Um, I, you know, Cam Akers has been ghosted or ghosted the Rams, or something weird is going on with the run game. Um, it's upset a lot of fantasy owners. So, which I don't care about at all because I don't care about your fantasy team. No comment. Um, but. My has them on My my husband also has can makers, and I'm sorry for both of you, but I just don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly upsetting to a lot of people, but what should be upsetting everyone is that you know, I mean, Stafford is always good for like a, a pretty solid number of like just like face palm. What was that guy thinking? Like Brandon whedon style laser eyes interceptions? Absolutely. But there have been a lot of them. We know he's got some injury issues. I don't love that. Um, the receiving core has not looked great. Al Robinson, who was supposed to be the lead. Don't worry. We've replaced Bobby Trees. We've replaced Odell. And he was pretty much invisible in the first game of the season when they got embarrassed against the Bills. So, yeah, uh, Sean McVay, absolutely. If this is something that can be tweaked from a coaching perspective, I'm sure he will manage it. But right now,
0: they look a little lost. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Irby, how about you? Rams offense. You oh,
2: concerned? definitely lost. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely, definitely, definitely concerns here of, of finishing a game. I mean, that that was crazy. And, and I know that the the thirty-one to twenty-seven. Okay, you, you have late in the block punt um, by Atlanta for a touchdown. You know, with the two point, turned it from a 14 point game to a six. Uh, and then the safety as well, adding two. So you, you got 10 points right there that essentially the special teams and gifted to you. But, but what, what, it was around that, too. I mean, it was it was in between the Atlanta touchdowns, you know, a long drive, but just settled for a field goal. You're in a good lead, everything. But, but late in the game, when it was time to get the job done, the Rams weren't. And and it was you know a three and out like like you came off of that that block punt and it was sorry it wasn't even a three it was a fumble my, my apologies it felt like it was three plays it was a three play drive but it was a fumble in there um, and so it's the not knowing how to finish and that makes no sense whatsoever when you're talking about the team coming off a Super Bowl so that's what's the most concerning for me is it feels like the Rams didn't know how to finish. It felt like week one that they didn't know how to play football against a really good team. So, again, these are outliers that early in the season, you've got time to correct. Same division, plenty of time to figure things out in this division. But that's two big red flags in two weeks. So it it makes me wonder going in of what's going to happen this week.
0: (laughs) There's a few teams that have that particular dynamic of what's going to happen this week. We don't know. Samantha, is anything you want to add here before we get into our uh, our trade segment?
1: No, no, let's, let's make our picks.
0: Oh, let's make our picks first. You're right, okay. Who do you have here? Rams or Cardinals? I'm
1: taking, I'm taking the Cardinals. I think the Rams are the better team, but I think the Cardinals are going to get the win this week. Ooh. I just think they need it more. They want it the more. The Rams are lost. They will find their way back, uh, but it's not going to be on Sunday.
0: Irby, how about you?
2: Uh, I'm going to agree. Taking the home team, I think Arizona, you know, how high you're riding off of that comeback against the the Raiders. Yeah, I like Arizona at home here to, uh, to eke out a win over the Rams of Los Angeles.
0: I am also going to take the Cardinals in this one because, again, like the, it's like we've been talking about the Rams. Look a little lost, and I don't think they find their way either, Samantha. I think you... You nailed it right there with that one. All right. So one more thing before we uh, before we wrap up this, this week, we have our Let's Remember Some Trades segment. Now, Samantha, just for those that are first-time listeners to the program, you want to quickly run us through what this segment is?
1: Yeah, I think we've got some new folks around here. So, yeah, we, we've had a, a number of interactive segments to close out the show here. Uh, And this is Let's Remember Some Trades. So what we do is every week I go back and find a baseball trade that occurred in the past. And I'm going to give you guys one hint, which is the name of one of the teams involved. And I'm going to tell them the year that it happened and the time of year. So it was winter meetings, trade deadline, spring training, what have you. And then they're going to see if they can put the whole trade back together on air. And you can, of course, play along at home. We'll give you some time to figure it out. Uh, See if you can get there before these guys get there. So this is, um, we have the rule that we put in place, and and we're we're dating ourselves a little bit here, but we took trades back to 1988 because that was when we felt like we were old enough to at least remember, have a fighting chance of remembering them. So it starts when we were little kids. Um, So if you're older, you'll probably do better on the older trades than we will. If you're younger, you'll probably do better on the newer trades than we will. But anything between 1988 and 2021 is fair game. So this week, we're not going back too far, actually, since we have some new folks around here. I thought we'd pick a more recent trade, uh, give everybody a little bit better shot to to jump out there and get this one before these guys get it so all right this trade took place in 2015 on july 28th so this is effectively a trade deadline deal and one of the teams involved was the colorado rockies so anybody have any questions opening salvos early thoughts
0: i would just say that uh, there's no pressure because uh, it takes it usually takes Irby and I about 10, 15 minutes to get
1: this straight, right? <laughs> yeah, some of, some of these come easier than others, guys. And we promise we'll give you time, and it's these are hard. They're they're hard. Um, these these guys are pros, and it sometimes takes them a little bit of time to figure it out. So, yeah. Well, right. well, we all hem and haw over it, and we, we throw some hints out there to see if we can help them along. Hopefully, we're helping you guys along as well.
0: <laughs> all right, Irby Rockies two thousand fifteen.
2: They were. Well, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out on a not a hard limb, and I'm gonna assume that the Rockies are the sellers here.
1: Yeah, the Rockies <laughs> are the sellers. Good
0: <laughs> job. I think there's been one year in their existence where they weren't.
1: <laughs> to, to establish early who the buyer yeah. is, who the seller is. Every once in a while, we went into a weird one where there really is no buyer or seller, or everyone thinks they're the buyer, but. No, this is a pretty clear cut buyer and seller one. And yes, the Rockies are indeed the seller as they often are. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, hasn't really narrowed it down much here.
1: No. Uh, all right, <laughs> all right.
2: So, all right, so one Rockies
0: team. are bad. They're selling. Ugh. Are they trading with one team or is this a multiple team trade?
1: Okay, so I tried to keep it a little bit simple. Um, Since we have new folks this week, this is a two-team trade. And guys, sometimes these do get really, really dicey. We've had like three-team, 12-player trades. This is a two-team trade. Um, There's a number of people involved. There's six guys involved in this, actually. But it is only two teams. It's pretty straight up and it's almost all major leaguers at the time. Um, So, most of these guys are going to be familiar names uh, for pretty much everybody. Uh, Especially because some of these guys are still in baseball. Actually, uh, since this trade is not too far back, Mm. the guys who would have been the sort of prospecty or, you know, new to MLB guys who are going back to the Rockies are still floating around baseball. Now, whether they're still on the Rockies, I'm not ready to tell you that just yet. But we'll see how you do. Hmm. So what direction do you guys want to go this time? Are we trying to figure out who the other team is for us? Are we trying to figure out who the headline player is? What do you guys think? We, we've kind of done this a little bit differently depending on sort of where these guys are at on what they think they know about it. Uh,
0: Irby, I, I think maybe let's go try and figure out the other team.
2: Yeah, I always, always always feel like I have better success at that point.
1: Oh, you <laughs> yeah, definitely I mean, do. Well, <laughs> And this is definitely one guy is where I think that if you get the other team, you will at the very least get the headliner and probably at least one of the guys going back the other direction. Okay. You will recognize it as the blank insert person's name trade, um, once you figure out who the other team is. Or you can just try to figure out who the Rockies were trying to sell in this particular year. <laughs> So that's another another strategy um, that we've worked <laughs> off of on occasion. Who would the Rockies have been trying to move at this particular time?
2: Yeah, that's that's where I like it. Is is, is I'm trying to think through the Rockies over that time, and, and I feel like I've got it narrowed down to like four different trades. Um,
1: right, so it seems and like so that's oh, all they were doing pre story and are not and those guys. So we have to go back yeah. and a little
2: bit further than those. Animals. Pretty, this is Blackman as well, or early, early yeah. Charlie Blackman.
1: Yeah, this is, it's not Charlie Blackman. Um, yeah, yeah no, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah, we're going back to somebody who, the way that you would think of this player as the tail end of sort of a different wave of MLB stars, um, he, he's not really in that group. Um, he would be in the group that precedes it. So when you think about who were the big names at the time, he would have been a part of that group rather than the three players who you just referenced are sort of part of the next wave of notable MLB players. This guy is of a different, I don't want to say generation because he's not that much older. He is 37, I believe now. Um, but certainly I think somebody who we would lump in with a different group of people. If we talked about players of blank era,
0: <laughs> you know, Irby, the, the one name that is just stuck in my head here is Troy to That's this name that's Bo- stuck. Okay. Bo- Bo- <laughs> Did I
2: get the player? You sure did. Got the player. Oh, well done, Bo. <laughs> I, was, I was just starting to think. I, I remember Carlos Gonzalez, but I remember that, that was near the end yeah. of Cargo. But ah, Tula Whiskey, well done. See, I Good went.
0: down, Bo. I started with Hampton. <laughs> I was like, no, that's too, that's too late. No, that's too, that's too late. <laughs> Right? So yeah, so they're just make, making the rounds. Yeah, Tula Whiskey just stuck in my head.
1: Yeah.
2: Where the hell did they send him, though? That's the question. Oh, that's, Oh, what? Come on. I, I've got four names in my head. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I've got, I know the two pieces going to send, I know who the team is, and I know two of the offensive pieces coming back. I don't. There's, on, I, there's only
1: I'm, one offensive piece coming back.
2: Hang on, is is that that when this. this, Okay, then I've got the wrong. That's not Toronto, guys. I know the the big one. Yeah, you
1: you know who the big one is, right? Well, sort of big. Once upon a time big, not so big when this trade happened. Nope. Yeah. Nope. All right, so where. Hold on. Say
2: say that again, Bo. What did you say? They they sent it to Toronto, right? Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah.
1: Very good. Okay, so Rocky, Blue Jays. Troy Tulowitzki going to the Blue Jays. Um, all right, so let's let's knock out the Blue Jays into this first because uh, there's two players there. So, Irby, do you want to tell the people who the other player going to the Blue Jays is? Or, Bo, do you want to take a stab at it? We could give you a hint.
0: <laughs> Those the hints guy... never work out for me.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, but they
2: work out for us.
1: Oh, I know.
0: You guys have all <laughs> kinds of fun with me on these hints.
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, this is a guy, the guy, well, I'll give you kind of a big one. It's a relief pitcher, a uh, journeyman type. He played for just about everybody. Um, uh, there's one team where I think we kind of think of him as, and it's not the Jays or the Rockies. Um, it's actually the Minnesota Twins. That's kind of what I think of him as, uh, that, that's where, you know, how, when I close my eyes and visualize this person, that's the uniform I see him in, um, He's also fun fact. I don't think this will help you, but it's something that everyone should know anyway. He's Pat Mahomes' godfather. Um, he was uh, Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes senior teammate in Minnesota. Um, so fun fact: Pat Mahomes connection here. Yeah. we're tying up the baseball with the football here. But uh, Any idea, Bo, who this? Uh, man, I got the, the
0: journeyman, journeyman reliever from the Twins. Yeah. There's so I'm many. With, uh, there's so many. Home. There's so many journeyman relievers that played for the Twins.
1: Yeah, and this guy has been around forever. I believe he's 49 now. Um, so I remember him as being old, like forever. And it's possible it's because like this guy, this guy was in baseball until, well, I guess 2015 was his last year. Yeah, but like we were like kids when he started um, with the Twins. So that's he's been around a very very long time I mean, he's 50 years old now so um he's busy being a godfather and, and doing some good charity work in, in gary indiana uh, where he's from um as well as in the minnesota area Oof. and i believe he is a special assistant which means he doesn't really do much but you know how uh Seems like to do this for the twins, so you know those guys that get paid a couple thousand bucks to show up at spring training and hang out. Well, oh yeah, <laughs> one of those kind of jobs. Uh, but Bo, yeah, you want to take a stab at this? Or I or the...
0: I got nothing on this one.
1: Okay,
2: sorry. Come on, you get, he can, you can, Bo. Oh, think, think about the Minnesota. Okay, early, early in his career, Minnesota. Look back. Okay, use your hawk-like vision and look back at those Minnesota teams. And I know you can get that. Latroy Hawkins.
1: Yes. Oh do oh, <laughs> let the record show that this is the first time Bo has actually <laughs> successfully landed on one of the um pun on the name of the hint. Yeah, so you take that Memphis, a- <laughs> Bo, you're, like, knocking it out. <laughs> so it was awesome. Look at you go. All right. So yeah. we have completed the Blue Jays half of the trade. Colorado Rockies. What's coming back here, guys? Irby, I know you know one of them. Uh, Bo, you, you care to take a crack at that?
0: I don't know. I kind of want to quit while I'm ahead.
1: You want to quit while you're ahead? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm
0: okay. going to cash out my <laughs> chips. <Okay.
1: laughs> All right. Well, we're going to we're going to let Bo quit while he's ahead because he, he's done it very very well for himself tonight. Um, Irby's going to tell you uh, in just a second. The, the headliner of this going back on, uh, this is not a prospect by the way, this is the opposite of a prospect, um, this is a salary dump um, <laughs> alongside oh, <wow>. a <laughs> uh, prospects but yeah, this is a, a gentleman who had seen better days at this point um, was uh, most notably a New York Met um, he did not last long with the Rockies unfortunately got himself into some trouble with the law and he was DFA'd uh, pretty much immediately in the season following this, a very ignominious end to his career, but uh, he, he won a batting title, this he did win a batting title, that one for the New York Mets, of course he sat out the last day of the season to do it, I have some issues with that uh, but he did win a batting title so, alright, if, if you don't have it by now, you're not getting it, Irby who is he, who is this guy
2: uh, that would be the aging shortstop for shortstop, Jose Reyes
1: ding ding, ding. there you go you got it. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Things, things were going great for him until they weren't. Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't end well. Um, so these other three gentlemen are actually all still in Major League Baseball. They would not have been anything at the time. Um, these would all have been prospects. All of them are under 30. They are all still currently part of Major League Baseball. They are all right-handed pitchers. So does anybody want to take a crack at any of them? I There's one of them that I would like you two in particular to get – the other two, I don't. I'm pretty comfortable handing you if you don't know who they are. But there's one in particular that I would like you to get because guess what? He's on the active roster for your Texas Rangers right now. Well,
0: see, now we have to get it. Yeah, you do.
2: Yeah, well, you're doing this one, both. Go ahead.
0: Why am I doing this one? I've
1: already, I've already cashed in my chips. You quit. Go oh, quit. You um, <laughs> quit is like the twins. He's like the twins, he quick. Yeah. I got my
0: three wins, I'm out. <laughs> I got my dinger and I retired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Minnesota Twins of Let's Remember Some Trades. Mr. Garry <laughs> has gotten his three wins. And- uh. Ugh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs>
0: Oh, gosh. So and He was
1: on, I think he was one of your COVID call-ups originally, but he's on the active roster, not just the 40-man. So um, he's still around. Right Colorado, in Miami, back to Colorado again, signed as a minor league agent with Texas in the offseason. Does this help you at all? Anybody?
2: Anybody? Yeah, I've, and I've got two names. What are those names? We- um, I don't think it's Dennis Santana. It is not. Okay, then it's uh, Jesus Tanico. There you go. You got it. Wow. Did not. Man. I had no clue he would have been a part of this if he had not said that. Like that. Yep. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he was actually, he's had very pretty brief career, but he had two cents with Colorado in 2019, went to Miami in 2020 and Colorado from 2020 to 21. And then Texas picked him up as a free treatment in the past off So the other two gentlemen, um, I I'm gonna give you their teams just to, on the off chance you got a name you want to throw out there. I have got
2: one. And I, and I know I know what my it's mistake it. was. Um,
1: I know. it, so, yeah, it, I think I I'm pretty sure I do too. Um, <laughs> who
2: I messed him up with?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah, cause tell me what what team are we talking about here? Um,
2: <laughs> he's currently pitching uh, for the Yankees.
1: That's correct. Yeah. yeah okay. okay so that, that's. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Okay,
2: okay. The names are basically the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All
1: right. I think mean, they're, yeah, they are. In, in his defense, that is an easy mistake to make. But that's really funny because I was like, what is he doing? Like, why does he think this? Is he thinking of the wrong trade? Like, I don't. Oh, yeah. He, that's usually not what he does. And then I realized, I was like, oh, I see what happened here. I see exactly what happened. So, Irby, tell him. Who's the guy in this trade? Who's the guy you thought was in this trade? In um, case anybody else out there made the same error.
2: Yeah. So uh, involved in this trade, he would. Yeah, a young prospect, probably called up pretty soon after that. Would be one Miguel Castro, yeah. not Miguel Cairo. <laughs> Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: right, as soon as I was like, oh, yep, yeah. <sighs> Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, completely understand how that happened. Um, but you, look, you powered through, and you figured out which one was the right one. So good job. Yeah, Miguel. Yeah, that awesome. doesn't
2: help that they basically played at the same time. Look nothing alike. Shouldn't have had an issue with that, but definitely... <laughs>
1: I, yeah, you line them up next to each other, you're never going to confuse them. But when you write their names <laughs> on a piece of paper, or you playing lots of remember some trades, that is a very easy decision oh. to make. Uh, but good job, great rally. Uh, got yourself. Yeah. Out of it. Good job, good job. Yes, <laughs> current New York Yankee pitcher Miguel Castro. We got one more pitcher in this deal. Um, Irby, you want me to? You want the team? You want me to just throw them out there? Um, yeah, I'm
2: not. I. I...
1: Okay, so... This no, guy, I've got nothing. Yeah, he pitched uh, for the Rockies from 2016 to 2020. He was traded in the offseason in of 2020 to the Cincinnati Reds. He is currently a Cincinnati Red. which is... Once you're a Cincinnati Reds fan, I'm sorry if you are. Um, very sorry to you uh, for the way things are going, Um but... The rest of us not paying a whole lot of attention to the Reds. Um, so this one's flying a little bit under the radar. But uh, any final guesses? Anybody, anybody? Or I'm just going to go ahead and throw his name out there, and then we'll do a wrap-up here. Anybody?
2: No, I got nothing. Man, Nobody, Nothing Jeff, for me.
1: This is Jeff Hoffman, last piece of the trade.
2: Wow.
1: Red. So he was
2: um, okay. He was a pretty highly-touted prospect.
1: He was, yeah. I okay, was considered, okay. Considered, he was like number 14 in pipeline at one point, point. Um, and things wow. have gone somewhat downhill for him. That's what happens to you when you end up on the Reds. Sorry, man. Um, yeah. And you, the Rockies. Uh, <laughs> and also, and also the Rockies. Well, yeah. In his defense, he spent five years in the Rockies slash Red system, so, it's, so. A, it's a rough way to go, man. Um, I
2: also sorry, just down. signed with the Angels this offseason. <laughs>
1: oh, Jesus. Could you imagine? No, I know I want that to happen because it would be funny. Except I have nothing against this guy, so I don't want to do that to him. poor guy. Yeah, right. And pitch <laughs> her off into angels' purgatory. That's just mean. <laughs>
2: he just needs to go out to the Giants and be like, I'll, I, I'll play for free. I just want to get my career back on track.
1: Right? Yeah. Like, please teach me your ways, um, Giants <laughs> pitching coaches. Just, please don't send me to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim, California. Um, Santa Barbara.
0: Don't forget Santa Barbara.
1: Santa Barbara, Southern California, Baja, Northern Mexico. Please just pick one name. <laughs> Love of all that is holy. Angels, stop them. Um, we also okay. should also add
0: Tijuana to that mix. Tijuana?
1: Tijuana Angels? Uh, why not? Uh, I like it. <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll call them from now on. Tijuana Angels. Um, sure. Sure. Everybody feels like they need to go to a bar in Tijuana if they have to watch a lot of Angels games. Um, it's been a rough season. <laughs> so, all right, let's let's. <laughs> Plenty of live roosters. Um. Plenty of live roosters. I <laughs> could use a few ducks. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, so let, let's wrap this trade and get you guys out of here. All right, we already told you what happened to Tinoco and Hoffman Castro real quickly. Toronto, Colorado, went to Baltimore briefly from 2017 to 2020, was with the Mets from 2020 to 21, and then, as you know, he is now a New York Yankee. Uh, Zay Reyes, we mentioned bulk of his career where he won his batting title, where he had his heyday with the New York Mets 2003 to 2011, when, spent, also spent time in Miami, Toronto, Colorado, Back to the Mets from 2016 to 2018. That was after the DFA uh, that resulted uh, from him getting suspended for 51 games for domestic violence arrest while he was with the Iraqis. The Iraqis took one look at that and went, No thanks, we've had enough him packing. But in a second, again, with the Mets, didn't really get anywhere. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki, of course, mostly Iraqi, 2006 to 2015. He spent three years in Toronto and then, of course, a year with the Yankees, I uh, had that really frustrating year in 2018, where he missed the whole season due to injury. So kind of an, an ignominious end, I think, for a, a player who was a, a really good guy and a, and a real talent who just kind of couldn't get healthy. But uh, he's now an assistant hitting coach and infield coach at the University of Texas. So that's pretty cool. And then finally, just because it's fun to run through it with guys like this, with Troy Hawkins, guys, here we go. Minnesota, Chicago Cubs, San Francisco, Baltimore, Colorado, New York Yankees, Houston, Milwaukee, the Angels, the Tijuana Angels, the New York Mets, the Colorado Rockies, again, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, so, yes, yeah, Pat Mahomes was Godfather, 11 different teams, 12 different stints. He got around. <laughs> yeah, I say he did.
0: Wow. Ooh. Irby, you,
2: you, you, anything you want to add <laughs> to that laundry list of teams? Man. I uh, No, yeah, I've been around. Uh, real quick, just um, uh, Tulewitzki actually is not returning to the University of Texas. He was the hitting and infield coach the last few years. Uh, in a weird situation that I'm curious what's going on, he was supposed to be taking the head coaching job at USC, left Texas to go take that job, and is currently not listed as the head coach for USC baseball. so Oh, wow. Sure. Oh,
1: thank you. What? Oh, that's intriguing. I, we love these post-career mysteries, guys. So if anybody yeah. knows what's going on there, please tweet at us and let us know. We, we, we love these. This is not quite as good as what happened to the disco balls and fog machines um, when Carlos Beltran got fired by the Mets. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty sure went to Florida uh, with doing a suspect but we can't confirm um, but yeah if anybody knows what's going on with this um, anybody who's uh, plugged into the, the USC or Detroit to Lewitsky in general please like send us a tweet Like hit us up and, and let us know what's going on here we really like to know how this stuff turns out
2: yeah, yeah, he was a fantastic baseball, a great hitting coach. Uh, UT hitting really took a huge step forward the last couple seasons. So sad to see that one going, but wow. yeah, very, very intrigued to know what's going on um, in that situation. But uh, wish too. him, wish, wish him the best. And um, yeah, no, love this one. This was this is a great one. I I will forever mix up Miguel Castro, and Miguel Cairo now, but that's okay. That's okay.
1: Well, the good news is, when we feel like it, we can turn them into one person. We've done it before with other people <laughs> because they look too much alike or they perform too much alike. So you know what? If you want them to be one guy, they can be one guy.
2: I I will probably make that mistake going when people talk about, well, Shohei's a pitcher and a hitter. Well, so is Mikel Castro. Chiro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was a two-way player, kind of sort of, that he was two people. Uh, yeah, he's a two-way probably, player. Probably closer <laughs> to the Fausto Carmona, Roberto, Hernandez um, version of being two different people.
2: Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 like Brett Phillips, like relief pitcher slash utility infielder. It's Miguel, <laughs> Miguel Castro Cairo. An
1: airplane. Uh, yeah, exactly. Brett Phillips triples right, um, but yeah, no, no, they can they can be one guy if you wanted to.
2: I'm gonna do yeah. Actually, Cairo before Castro, some Miguel Cairo Castro. That that actually sounds like a legit baseball name.
1: Rolls up the tongue a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will buy that as the name of a major league baseball player, Miguel Cairo Castro. So, all right, (laughs) it is it is done. As my dad would say, if you say it for seven years, it's true. So, six more years to go, guys. (laughs) And he becomes one person.
0: All right. Well, uh, Samantha, you mentioned those Twitter handles. Those Twitter handles are in the summary of the show each week, so you can find that information there. And if you do find out what happened with Troy Tulewitzki, please let us know. Uh, I would love to hear uh, the actual way that that story is ending. (laughs) So, oh, boy. All right, well, that's it. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Until next week. Watch some baseball. It's good for you.